I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. You know, people always ask me why I got that mechanical bull out back, out here on the range. And I tell them, it's for practice. It's high noon for Thursday, January 28th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator. If you want to join the discussion thread, it's t.me slash be reasonable discussion. Thank you to everyone who's put in t-shirt orders in the last couple days, sending a bunch out this afternoon. If you want a t-shirt that says I survived COVID where the C is a nice little communist hammer and sickle, hit me up on Telegram. I'll send you one. They're beautiful. $20 plus $5 shipping, even though it costs about $6.81 for shipping. (laughs) Who cares? It's all the same. Today is the eighth full day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, Fake President Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. And he is trying to reach the 4040 club faster than any man on the planet. He is almost up to 40 fake executive orders now. He is restructuring the entire society with just a, a flick of his pen onto a completely blank paper. His feeble hands are barely able to keep up with the pace of all the signing. And his brain is at least three or four days behind. But let's start with the China virus. A friend of mine yesterday uh, pointed out the significance of Anthony Fauci saying that it was just common sense that two masks would protect better than one mask. And that's interesting because if we could just have used common sense this whole time, we wouldn't have needed the science that messed things up so profoundly. Now, I know it's very anti-intellectual to ever complain about what the science says, even though the science doesn't say anything. Or rather, the science says a bunch of different things. But we're meant to pretend that it all says one thing, even though the one thing they always claim it says is actually one of the very few things it absolutely doesn't say at all. Like lockdowns work. Science doesn't say that. But the science says it according to the experts and the state media. Likewise, masks don't work. 
Common sense can tell you that, but science can also tell you that. And in fact, the science does say that, which is why no one had ever recommended healthy people wearing masks before ever. One thing the science does not say is that masks are effective at preventing viral spread among healthy populations. And of course, that makes sense because you can't give someone a disease that you don't have. And most people learned that when they were six. But now Anthony Fauci believes that common sense is how we should apparently guide our COVID policy. If one mask doesn't work that well, well, let's go with two. Even though the right number of masks to be wearing is zero. And you don't have to take my word for it. Here's some audio. People should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask, and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying uh, uh, inside uh, uh, there? Of course, and... of course. But when you think masks, you should think of healthcare providers needing them and people who are ill. Well, thanks, Doc. If only you had said that a year ago. Oh, wait, that's exactly when you said that. Some of us exercised enough common sense to take you at your word at that time before you changed the science around. Anthony Fauci is a complete and utter fraud. He is a liar. He is evil. He is among the people in the world most singularly responsible for the state of the world right now and the damage caused by our response to the coronavirus. There should be no doubt about that among any intelligent person that is still paying attention, which means everyone but maskies and commies and Obamis and Romneys. They still believe that masks work because they've been told over and over and over again that they do. And showing them that clip of Anthony Fauci does apparently nothing to dissuade them because they immediately revert back to the idea that what they did back then was that they lied to us for our own benefit so that they could preserve PPE for hospital workers, for frontline workers. Of course, that also makes no sense because, and I know I've gone through this before, so bear with me. I apologize. But that makes no sense because I'm allowed to wear a bandana wrapped around my face to go out and do tasks at businesses that are complying with communist standards just so that they can stay open and keep the lights on and hopefully feed their families. So I'll put my bandana on. My bandana has not been tested. The science has said nothing about the efficacy of my bandana in preventing 
transmission of COVID, a disease that I don't have and may not even be able to get. But that's an acceptable mask by the standards that we are applying here. At no point was my bandana and the use of my bandana a hindrance to getting personal protective equipment to frontline hospital workers. So if the science is so overwhelming and were to be guided by common sense, wouldn't the scientific common sense thing have been for Anthony Fauci back then to simply say, hey, we need medical grade masks for the frontline workers. But in the meantime, we would encourage everyone to purchase either a cloth mask or wrap a piece of cloth around their face to prevent a stray droplet from flying across the room into someone's eye. That would have been a perfectly acceptable, perfectly reasonable, perfectly responsible answer back then. But that's not the answer they gave. They said simply that masks don't work. You heard it right there. Fauci waffling and saying maybe it could catch a droplet is not the scenario that we are all being forced to pretend exists. It's certainly not the scenario present on airplanes or in grocery stores. Do we really have to put ourselves at that intellectual level, the lowest possible bar? They're making us by force pretend to believe stupid things. And a lot of people actually do believe those things, or at least they'll say they believe them until they're confronted with counterpoints, at which point they'll just get upset and call you a murderer. I wonder what the science says about common sense. Have there been randomized controlled trials about the efficacy of common sense? I wonder. There certainly haven't been on the efficacy of two masks. There have been on the efficacy of one cloth mask. And it turns out it doesn't do shit. But it's just common sense that two will. I mean, two times zero is infinity, I suppose. Two times zero is the perfect amount of safety for the American people. Because it really doesn't matter how much safer it is. It only matters how much more we say it's safe and then make other people do our bidding. Even in that great reset video I was discussing yesterday, they have people masking up. Mask up. We need everybody to trust everybody, even if they're all wrong. In fact, especially if they're all wrong. That's how much trust we need. I actually saw an article today talking about how it was not good for people to be wearing N95 masks, partly because they're uncomfortable, partly because they're worn improperly, and partly because people mess with them all day. 
also because it restricts your breathing. And all of that is obvious by using common sense. And all of that is shit I said 10 months ago. Want to know how easy it is to make an N95 mask not work against viral spread? All you got to do is be a guy with a beard. Because it takes away the little seal around the edges that helps give the N95 mask its effectiveness. But who cares, right? Not a big deal. We just want to make sure that no one is spitting in everyone else's eye because that situation happens so often, especially when grandmothers are around. Now, someone at the New York Times fucked up and actually did their job. Today, an article, headline, New York severely undercounted virus deaths in nursing homes, report says. The state attorney general, Letitia James, said it's likely that the Cuomo administration failed to report thousands of COVID-19 deaths of nursing home residents. And of course they did. They put sick people into nursing homes. If we actually got the numbers of legitimate coronavirus deaths. And I'm not talking about a motorcycle crash where someone had COVID or George Floyd or the number of deaths of people with suspected COVID or the number of people they've tested for COVID after death. Not talking about those true COVID deaths. The bulk of those are from nursing homes in Democrat states. It's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. It is a result of terrible policy. Now, the article. Jesse McKinley and Luis Ferre Saderni. I hope I'm saying that right. Albany, New York. An investigation by the New York State Attorney General has concluded that Governor Andrew M. Cuomo's administration undercounted coronavirus-related deaths at nursing homes by as much as 50%. The count of deaths in the state's nursing homes has been a source of controversy for Mr. Cuomo and state health department officials who have been sensitive to any suggestion that decisions made at the outset of the pandemic may have caused some of those deaths, which the state puts at more than 8,700. They have also been accused of obscuring a more accurate estimate of nursing nursing home deaths because the state's count only included the number of deaths at the facilities rather than accounting for the residents who died at a hospital after being transferred there. In the 76-page report released on Thursday by the Attorney General, Letitia James, a survey of nursing homes found consistent discrepancies between deaths reported to the Attorney General's investigators and those reported to and officially released by the health department. In one instance, an unnamed facility reported to the health department that it had 11 confirmed and presumed deaths on site through early August. The attorney general's survey of that same facility, however, found 40 deaths, including 27 at the home and 13 in hospitals. Another facility reported one confirmed and six presumed COVID-19 deaths to the health department, according to the report. The attorney general's office, however, said the facility reported to its investigators that there were more than four times that number, 31 dead by mid-April. Now, I'm going to depart from the article for a second. 
one confirmed and six presumed COVID-19 deaths were reported to the health department. Guess how many of those deaths get reported to the public? Seven. So that one confirmed death and six presumed deaths from COVID is actually one death in reality and seven that get told to the public. And the other facility had 11 confirmed and presumed. Presumed. Do you think that the general public understands from the mainstream media, from being addicted to the central narrative, that they are counting presumed COVID deaths in that big number that we see every day, that big number that's so scary. Of course they don't. They don't know that at all. And you're a conspiracy theorist for saying it. You're especially a conspiracy theorist if you're like me and was saying it 10 months ago. But who cares, right? Back to the article. Deaths in nursing homes and other long-term care facilities have accounted for about one-third of the nation's some 430,000 deaths. Wrong number, commies. Federal and state authorities have made vaccinating staff and residents at such facilities a top priority, though that effort has been slower than hoped, a.k.a. they're not doing it. And why aren't they doing it? Well, because they put in equity standards to make sure that certain communities would get the vaccine first. Why? Oh, it's because of inequality and definitely not because the vaccine might have problems. In New York, there have been more than 42,000 virus-related deaths. Oh, that's weird. Virus-related. Huh. 42,000. The toll in the state's nursing homes has been a particular source of agony for residents and their families. It has also been a political liability for Mr. Cuomo, who has pushed back on accusations that his administration did not do enough to safeguard a highly vulnerable population. The thousands of deaths at New York's nursing homes have been a potent line of attack for Republicans. Mr. Cuomo's profile rose as he earned plaudits for New York's early response to the epidemic, a narrative that the governor has burnished with a best-selling memoir about his performance during the crisis. Best-selling, you say? Well, that's interesting. According to Amazon, it's number 31,856 in the top books. So... Don't know what the standard of best-selling is. Again, these book deals, especially this one, are just political money laundering. It has great reviews, though, like this one from a reader. And the headline is, A heartfelt and caring look at how it feels to murder people through bureaucratic ineptitude. I like it. Gotta say, thumbs up. Did I just market a helpful review on Amazon? Yes, I did. But back to the article about how stupid this commie is. Yet the critiques have increased in intensity and are now even being echoed by some of Mr. Cuomo's fellow Democrats, including Ms. James. In particular, the governor has been criticized for a March 25th directive from the health department that ordered nursing homes to accept and readmit patients who had tested positive. Ding, 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 ding. He tried to say this was a lie. 
for the rest of the year. And then they delayed the release of the report about this. It was actually investigated and they delayed the the release of that report until after the election. These people are criminals. While acknowledging that Mr. Cuomo's directive to nursing homes was consistent with federal guidance. Oops. The attorney general's report said the governor's policy, quote, may have put residents at increased risk of harm in some facilities. Obviously. The health department in Mr. Cuomo's office had no immediate comment, but in late July, the health department released a report that rejected the assertion that the March 25th policy might have led to outbreaks in nursing homes, finding instead that most of these patients, quote, were no longer contagious when admitted and therefore were not a source of infection. The health department report concluded that the virus was instead spread by employees who did not know they were contagious. Uh Uh-huh. Yet Miss James' report found a number of homes that, quote, failed to comply with critical infection control policies, unquote, including failing to isolate residents who had tested positive for the virus or screen employees for it. Miss James' report was sure to inspire more questions about the handling and performance of the state's nursing homes in the early stages of the pandemic. Indeed, on Thursday, critics in Washington and Albany seized on the findings as evidence of dishonesty by Mr. Cuomo and his health commissioner, Dr. Howard Zucker. Republicans who are in the minority in both houses of the legislature called on Dr. Zucker to resign. The health department has betrayed the public trust, said Rob Ort, the minority leader in the state Senate. The findings of Miss James would seem to put her in rare conflict with Mr. Cuomo, the state's three-term Democratic incumbent. Miss James was the governor's favored choice to succeed Eric T. Schneiderman after he suddenly resigned as attorney general in 2018. She readily embraced Mr. Cuomo's political backing. Now, wait a second, New York Times. Eric Schneiderman just resigned in 2018. Why was that? I'm having a memory. I'm having a memory. It's coming to me. Yeah, he resigned because he was accused of physical abuse and controlling behavior by four separate women. That's why he resigned. But go on, New York Times. Tell us how good the New York Democrats are. The state's reporting of nursing home deaths has been the focus of a lawsuit by a conservative economic think tank, the Empire Center for Public Policy, which has sued, seeking to force the health department to release more complete data. Amazing, isn't it? That a response that's totally governed by the science and the data would at some point have to be sued just to share all of the science and the data with the public. They were happy to give the wrong science and the wrong data to the public. And of course, we're just supposed to say, oh yeah, but Andrew Cuomo did do that cute thing with that little science fair project mountain where he remembered all the good times that we as New Yorkers had while we were masking up and telling people that Trump sucked and we were ordering Uber Eats at our New York apartments and we were huddled in the corner with Molly Jong Fast and her 17 cats as her entire place smells like cat piss and maybe that's why she went insane. Last year, 
The Democrat-controlled legislature held hearings partly in an attempt to pry the data from the administration to no avail. Oh, I'm shocked. The Democratic chairman of the Investigations and Government Operations Committee in the state Senate, James Skoufis, who has accused the health department of stonewalling investigators, suggested on Thursday that he would use a subpoena to compel the release of data from Dr. Zucker's office. The DOH commissioner's unresponsiveness to the legislature's many questions and concerns is insulting and unacceptable, the senator said in a statement. Dr. Zucker was supposed to testify next week during a state budget hearing where lawmakers were expected to press him on nursing home deaths, but his appearance was recently pushed back to late February. Sakes alive, I can't believe it. The attorney general asked 62 nursing homes, about a tenth of the state's total, for information about on-site and in-hospital deaths related to the virus. Investigators then cross-referenced that information with public reports of deaths issued by the health department. The deaths reported to the attorney general's office at most of those facilities totaled 1,914 compared to the state's much lower count of 1,229. Ms. James said that her office was investigating those circumstances, quote, where the discrepancies cannot reasonably be accounted for by error or the difference in the question posed, unquote. The attorney general said that she was continuing to conduct investigations of more than 20 nursing homes across the state that, quote, presented particular concern noting that, quote, other law enforcement agencies also have ongoing investigations relating to nursing homes. Under normal circumstances, the attorney general's office would issue a report with findings and recommendations after its investigations and enforcement activities are completed, Ms. James said in her report. However, circumstances are far from normal. Well, congratulations, New York Times. You really got it done. Thank goodness the people writing it were from bureaus not in New York City and instead in Albany, where apparently they're allowed to tell more truth. Once again, I was a conspiracy theorist last April, last May, last June, while I was saying that Andrew Cuomo was doing exactly this. Literally, all of it is right there in that article. They hid the data. They gave wrong data. They were the cause of sick people being put into nursing homes. They blamed it on the nursing home workers. And then they tried to cover all this up while Andrew Cuomo put up a big smoke screen about how nice and friendly he is unless you cross him like Donald Trump did, and then he'll take you out to the streets and give you a good what for. This is exactly the same as the response from the CDC, from people like Anthony Fauci, from Gretchen Whitmer, from Tom Wolf, from Phil Murphy, and of course, from Gavin fucking Newsom. All of these people have been doing all of the same things the entire time. And it doesn't actually stop at COVID. This is exactly what is happening with the election fraud reporting. It's exactly what's happening with the social media censorship. And now it's exactly what's happening with the markets. 
In all of these circumstances, people in powerful positions or powerful organizations collude with one another to present a false narrative to the public that obscures their corruption and their crime and instead punishes the people who are disagreeing with them or people who are acting on their own for their own benefit. Anyone who is seeking truth and justice and seeking to force the systems to operate according to the law, all of them are to be squashed, to be marginalized, to be pushed to the fringes. Because it's inconvenient for the people in power. Now, I am the furthest thing from a financial market wizard. So I'm not going to pretend to have any special knowledge on this. And I'm going to try to give you what I have learned and what I think about this situation as it's developing. So my best understanding of what's been happening in the last 24 hours is that the hedge fund managers are having their own game played against them, and they are very, very sad about it. Apparently, there was about to be a short sale on GameStop stock. Now, GameStop is a video game store that I have been in maybe a million times in my life. Just kidding. It's probably more like 100 but I've definitely gone there because I like video games. It is what it is. Anyway, brick and mortar stores are having a hard time everywhere. They were already having a hard time before the pandemic, but now it's much worse, obviously, because everybody is too scared to go outside. Otherwise, they might catch a cold. And naturally, their stock was struggling. So some geniuses in the same Intel channels that have been used for us to understand coronavirus, Black Lives Matter, the election, the election fraud, all of it. Those information streams, the pure ones, the crowdsourced ones, the actual free marketplace of ideas, not the central narrative. There are geniuses in this information stream. And they realize what was going on and how it could be taken advantage of to the benefit of this community. And so they all recommended and all took collective action to buy up GameStop stock. And that ruined the short sale for the hedge funds. They have now done the same thing with AMC and they've been trying with Nokia and BlackBerry. This is not illegal and it's not market manipulation. It's simply retail investment by individuals who all agreed that this was a good opportunity for them to invest. And they're probably helping out the company as well. But hedge funds lost up to, I've read, $30 billion yesterday. And apparently one might have to just go bankrupt because they completely lost everything. So in the meantime, in the 24 hours or so since this started, 
apps like Robinhood and Webull, TD Ameritrade, have shut down the ability to purchase shares of GameStop, of AMC, of Nokia, and then there's another one, KOSS, but I haven't looked into that. I don't know what the hell that is. But this even happened to me last night on Robinhood. I was like, well, what the hell? Let's just see how this goes. Like, seems like a fun game. Let's play. So I put in like a $300 order for Nokia. And it was at like 582. So what is that? Around 50 shares, right? This morning, I wake up to a message telling me that my order was canceled. I didn't do it. They did it. They decided that I couldn't buy Nokia stock because they were scared of what might happen if everybody did it, because then the hedge fund managers would be hurt. That's market manipulation. That is market manipulation. There's already now a class action lawsuit coming up against Robinhood for doing this, which I fully intend to join. Another nice bull ride on the mechanical bull. I'm ready for it. It's rodeo time. But it's actually even worse than that. So this is someone who posted on Reddit. They say that they're a Robin Hood insider. Take it for what you will. Obviously, no one can verify this. But I work for Robin Hood. Don't kill me. Low level technical shit. Comp science is major, not finance side. Guess what we overheard today? Vladimir, yes, founder Vladimir and the C-suite received calls from Sequoia Capital and the White House that pressured into closing trading on GME, that's GameStop, etc. I guarantee you the same took place at E-Trade and the others who closed trading. File reports on the SEC page. If I wasn't scared to be out of work in a pandemic, I'd quit. I'm disgusted. We all need to rise up. This is as bad as it gets when we talk about how the rich get one set of rules and the rest of us get screwed over and over and over again, left to bail them out and pick up the tab for their trillion dollar tax breaks. We need to pile pressure on every government and financial institution involved in this travesty of justice. I'm taking a massive career risk even posting here, but fuck these motherfuckers. Hey, good for you, insider. You know, the way that commies and central narrative people who are also commies always process information like that is to first say, well, that's probably wrong because I don't know who said it. As if taking information only from CNN is somehow what smart people do and that this couldn't be real. So let's not even account for the possibility that it might be. And that's the stupid part, okay? That's the stupid part of the commie mindset. Figure out a way to say something is false without knowing whether or not it's false. You could actually try to figure out whether or not that person is real and whether or not the thing they said is real. But instead, they will just disregard it completely because they can't verify it right there. And it doesn't matter. They'll read CNN articles that quote 
people's tweets. In fact, they'll read CNN articles about how white supremacy is a massive problem because of tweets of people no one has ever heard of that could absolutely be bots. They could be CIA bots. They could be anybody. But it's no problem to believe that white supremacy is a massive problem because of tweets from random people. But it is a problem to believe this. So let's not even embrace the possibility that what this person is saying is true, even though it tracks with everything else we know about the situation, particularly the fact that Jen Psaki wouldn't answer about the White House's position on the stock markets. Instead, she just said that Janet Yellen was an expert, a world-renowned expert. So it didn't matter that she's made $800,000 in speaking fees from Citadel that owns Robinhood. No problem there. And someone else posted the exact message they got from Robinhood. And this is even worse than the message I got telling me that my order was canceled. In light of recent volatility, we are restricting transactions for certain securities to position closing only. However, due to the unreasonable risk involved in brokering your position, we have closed your 4,500 shares of GME for an average price of $118.93 on January 28th, 2021 at 11.24 a.m. Your trade confirmation will be available in your order history on Robinhood in one trading day. If you have any questions, please visit our help center and we'd be more than happy to help. Now, you might say, well, gosh, that sounds like quite a lot of money. I guess that person can't be too mad, except for the fact that that stock had gone up over $450. And the difference is about $1.5 million that they just straight up stole. What else can you call it? They sold off his shares or her shares at less than a third of the value that they could have cashed out at on their own. That is fucking crazy. Imagine it was your $1.5 million for a second. Now, I don't have this kind of money to invest, so I wouldn't have had a return like that. But that is enormous. And this stuff is happening all over the country right now to retail investors. Why? Because the institutional investors are mad that their tricks have been turned against them. And it's funny because, you know, people are people will say the conspiracy thing. They'll think that, you know, I've totally lost my mind. How can you believe all those things? Except what we see is the same trend in all of these issues. The information stream online, if you know how to read it and you know how to pay attention to it, is much, much better than the one that they choose to give the public. They have turned people who are relatively well off, the party of false decorum, the people who do what they're told, they have put these people into intellectual serfdom. But they don't mind because they are just fine. They're privileged, remember? Their decisions don't actually matter. They just keep on going. 
But what they've tried to do is to take everyone else and put them into financial serfdom. They make it so they can't work. They inflate real estate prices. They inflate stock prices. When they fail, they punish you anyway because the laws simply don't apply to them. They're all too big to fail. In fact, they're too big to even get a a little upset. That's what we're consistently being told. We can't check out the Dominion machines. Doesn't matter if they stole the election. We don't want to harm their proprietary intellectual property. There is a movie, a documentary right now on HBO called Kill Chain that is about voting machines. And I was always thinking, I just started watching it last night. I'm like halfway through it. And I had hesitated to watch it because I was like, oh, come on, man. This is probably just some dumb commie slop that's like set up like a psyop so that everybody thinks all this stuff is okay. And it is partly that because they're focused on 2016 and they're focused on convincing everyone that Russia hacked the Dominion machines in Trump's favor. These people are so, so stupid. They have Democrats on there. Amy Klobuchar is on there complaining about the voting machines. And now we're supposed to pretend that the voting machines worked. We know they didn't work. They are continuing to make it impossible for anyone to do forensic audits on them. The machines that have had audits on them have shown that votes have been switched. And of course they have. This is what the machines are for. The machines are not for making elections easier to run because they don't do that. They make elections harder to run. The machines are built so that elections can be decided by the people in power. And it's really interesting because Lynn Wood was bombing last night, just blitzkrieg on the commies. Now, I didn't talk too much at the end of last week about the phone call that he was on with Dean Kathy Cox, who was discussing with a bunch of other academic communists uh, about whether or not they should remove Lynn Wood's name from a courtroom on, on the campus of the law school. And one of the things that I took away from that call that, you know, obviously, It was a great expose of what's happening behind the scenes and how people react when they are actually faced with reality. But the one thing that really struck me was that Lynn Wood offered multiple times to present them with all the evidence and they were put in a checkmate position because they can't say that they don't want to see the evidence. So, of course, they say, yes, okay, fine, you can send the evidence. But now Lynn Wood has sent the evidence. And he followed up with a letter saying that he sent the evidence that he also sent to local media. And so when the college, when the college president and Dean Kathy Cox receive that evidence, they're down to two choices. One, look at the evidence or two, ignore the evidence. If they ignore the evidence, Linwood can simply say to the public and be correct They are avoiding looking at evidence of voter fraud and whistleblower evidence about the other claims he's made about people like John Roberts and Mike Pence. And of course, he also dropped that video last night, and that is well worth watching or more listening to because it's kind of just various pictures over the audio. But it seems that Lynn Wood 
absolutely is prepared to deliver the goods. And so Mercer College now has or should have by tomorrow the evidence of everything Linwood was saying. So they can ignore it and Linwood can call them out or they can view the evidence. And if they do that, then they're pretty much obligated at that point to turn it over to law enforcement because the evidence is real and it is damning. Again, there has been no point, not one point since November 3rd or even before that I have ever said, ever allowed for even the possibility that the Democrats were not cheating in the election and that some Republicans were helping them. I know that to be true. It was true before the election. It was true on Election Day. It was true on January 5th, and it remains true now. There is zero chance, zero chance whatsoever that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. There is zero chance that Donald Trump lost the election. It does not matter what the courts say or what legislatures certify. It matters what the facts are and the facts are not on Joe Biden's side. That is why Joe Biden is an illegitimate president and will never be president. Laws were broken. The Constitution was ignored. People have committed treason and sedition. All of that is still true. And now Mercer College is being put in the position by Linwood, who again put them immediately in checkmate. They're now put in the position where they have to ignore what he has sent them or admit receipt of it. And then if they want to challenge it, by all means, but otherwise they have to turn it over to law enforcement. And then we'll know that law enforcement, in fact, does have that evidence. And then it'll be on them to try to come up with an excuse about why the public's not allowed to see it and why nothing can be done about it. The evidence is all there, all of it. The idea that there isn't overwhelming evidence of extraordinary election fraud is one of the dumbest ideas imaginable. Yes, commies will still say it, but they don't know anything. That's the point. Quiz them on it. They'll have no answers. That's why all the answers are very dumb. Like, oh, the courts, the courts, the courts would have fixed it if only they had the evidence. Nope. They chose not to see the evidence. And none of that has anything to do with the underlying facts. Like there is an underlying truth about whether or not OJ Simpson killed his wife. It's either true or it's not true. And what happened in court has absolutely nothing to do with the truth or falsity of that claim. The truth or falsity of that claim stands alone, separate from the court decision. The court either decided correctly or incorrectly. It was either justice or an injustice. But none of that has anything to say about whether or not OJ actually killed his wife. That truth exists separate from what the courts say and separate from how lawyers might manipulate the law. The same holds true for the elections. Despite the fact that we have a pretend president doing his little charade 
in what may or may not be the actual White House and may or may not be a set in Culver City. (laughs) Oh, my God. But the other thing that I want to note here is the difference between collective action and collective complaining. What our side has done throughout this entire time is used collective action to inform ourselves, to vote, to study what is happening, to try to beat them at their own game at every turn. You want to take people off Twitter and Facebook? Well, here's Parler. You want to kill Parler? Here's Telegram. Now they're trying to kill Telegram. But we keep going either way. Doesn't matter. Take all the platforms away. We'll figure it out. Same thing here with the stock market. This is collective action. It's people saying, hey, this is going to work if we all do it. And then they all do it and it works. And people in positions of power have a meltdown. Is it because what's happening is illegal? No, of course not. It's because they have been running their system for so long unhindered that they did not believe it was possible for them to be knocked off their perch. Now it happens. Now they're furious. And now they're going to try to punish people. There were actually articles yesterday trying to claim that this trading for GameStop was racist. Basically, if something initiates on Reddit or 4chan or 8kun or Telegram and they don't like it, it's white supremacy. They keep trying the same excuses because they have no other excuses. They either try to overpower you. They try to take your finances, your reputation, your job or your life. That's all they have. There are no arguments to be made. It is either force or shame. Nothing else. They have no other moves. This is one of the downfalls of a top-down society. They, have, they accumulate all the power and all the control. And they think that nothing can threaten that. And if it does, then they use force or corruption or whatever to stymie that threat. Well, now our information is so much better that they can't do it without everyone noticing. And everyone is noticing. Everyone will notice. People are noticing that Joe Biden is signing 40 fake executive orders in the first week of his pretend presidency. Top-down power with nothing to support it. He doesn't have a political mandate. He doesn't have the support of the people. He doesn't have good or smart people around him. He doesn't even know what he's signing. He also has a vice president who may not even be eligible for the presidency. And what do you get on the left? Not collective action, unless it's going out in the streets and burning down people's homes and businesses. It's collective complaining. They collectively try to destroy individuals, 
not systems of power. They're not trying to work within the bounds of the system legally or ethically. It's just collective complaining. And then they hope mommy or daddy, whoever's the most powerful up there, will come and save them. I don't like what they're saying on Twitter. Oh, that's okay. We'll just kick them all off Twitter. Thanks, dad. Dad, why is your beard so stupid? Dad, why do you pretend to be enlightened about everything? But then in your Senate testimony, you sound like a complete and utter tool. At Jack. And then last but not least, we have John Kerry talking about how all of the oil and gas workers that are being systematically put out of their employment right now can just go ahead and decide to build solar panels instead, which is the same formulation as learn to code, which of course you're not allowed to say on Twitter. I actually did get suspended once for saying learn to code. I was only referencing it too. I wasn't even telling someone to learn to code. That's what everyone was saying to the journalists. And they got really upset because journalists are very sensitive and they more than anyone are constantly doing the collective complaining thing and constantly asking for help from mommy and daddy Twitter. But the thing is, there's actually another problem with John Kerry's little gambit about solar panels. Those people actually can't go build solar panels and it has nothing to do with their actual job skills and the fact that that building solar panels is not among them. All these companies that corrupt Democrat governments put money behind, especially in the environmental bullshit. These companies aren't in fucking West Virginia. They put these companies in Democrat states, put all the money there and give them the jobs. So are all these people put out of work supposed to also move across the country with money that they don't have and start new lives in the places that John Kerry decides are going to be the new solar panel boom towns? Of course not. This is how people act when they have nothing but contempt for the people they're meant to serve. Ostensibly, of course, because none of these people believe that they're serving people. They cannot be that aloof and that ridiculous. They know exactly who they're serving and what priorities they're serving. And the truth is they don't give one goddamn about the citizens. And you need look no further than California's coronavirus response. It makes me absolutely sick to still live in this place. They have destroyed the city of Los Angeles. They have destroyed the state. And they don't care one bit about the lives of their citizens. Total disregard. And this goes throughout every sector. We watch them all right now as they expose themselves as liars and frauds and the most corrupt people on the planet. 
I will be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm your moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofi. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!